This is the I Love Success Podcast. I'm Peter Jurukowski, and I have made a vow to myself to help as many people as possible to achieve their dreams. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success Podcast. My virtual world tour continues, and today I travel to San Diego to meet uh, with a really cool human being, and we're actually going to talk about communication. And life happens one conversation at a time, and almost everything you want is, in, is on the other side of a tough conversation. I mean, when I heard that, I, I, just, I just love that saying. And it is true. Like, we avoid so many conversations in our lives. And that's why I'm so excited to have you here today. You know, the problem is communication is hard. And we were all born with a voice box. But it didn't come with instructions on how to best use it. That changes now. Today, communications expert Amy K. Hutchins share how to confidently and competently navigate your toughest conversations without saying something you regret, giving you power away or damaging your relationships. Let's talk about a brilliant way to get the sex, salary, and success you desire one conversation at a time. Welcome, Amy K. Hutchins. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Super excited. And uh, we shared a couple of things before the podcast. We have some things in common. We, we, we're not going to disclose it uh, just yet. So stick around. You might learn a thing or two about me and Amy that you will, will enjoy. Uh, let's talk about communication. Um, it's, it's really hard. A lot of us don't know how, what to say, when to say it, in what situation to say it. So why, why did that, like, why did you had an interest for communicating better? Like, where did that come from? I think, Peter, that there's a really great, I don't take credit for it, there's a really great quote where a gentleman named Phil McKernan said, where your greatest pain is also your greatest gift. And what I, I look back at my life at the times that I didn't speak up or use my voice or the time that I said something that hurt somebody else or hurt myself the times when I wished my voice was stronger. And I realized that in my greatest pain is my greatest gift. And so I've spent 28 years traveling the globe, working with leaders, and it always seemed to come down to one fundamental thing. They had to prepare for a really tough conversation with a board member, with a business partner, with a direct report, with a spouse or significant other. And so I found myself, you know, starting off in sales training, which I still do, but even sales comes down to these really difficult conversations. And so it just became this funneled niche of what I do. And it's about talking because I was so bad at it for so long. And so I had to learn the hard way. And can we just go back like 28 years or maybe even more? Like, do you recall a moment in your life when you wish you had better communication skills and how, like what, put you on this path of better communication? I think I was on this path before I knew I was on this path. So I was an elementary school teacher. I was a teacher trainer. Then I left um, the teaching world to become a corporate trainer. And then I became this leadership sales consultant coach. Now I travel the world like you. I'm speaking on stage, but I'm still teaching every single day that I'm teaching. And so 
when I say that I wasn't even aware on it, I can remember, Peter, some very distinct moments when I was a child and I didn't speak up to people that were in my community. I can remember when I was in high school and I didn't know what to say or do. It's like those awkward teen years, only mine seemed to be really awkward. And then um, on a failed marriage, um, not knowing what to say and not standing up for myself or even sometimes coming to the really tough conversations more prepped and prepared. And so I think that, I think that what makes it work now is that I've been there. I know how hard it is. And I know that for many of us, you know, our throats will tighten, our chests will get all clenched, or sometimes um, we get teary-eyed or we get like this paralysis. And so I relate. And so I bring a lot of empathy to it. Yeah. And I mean, I look at communication as something so beautiful when we when we can say things in a way so people can truly understand us it's 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 it truly is beautiful but i've noticed i've noticed uh, two things and and i want to talk about them both but and one of them let's start with the people that are very shy they have something to say but they don't know exactly how to say it like what would you say are the best like, how do you work on that if you're not naturally extrovert and you're not naturally, uh, you're, you're afraid of conflict and you're afraid, afraid of saying things because you don't want to make things awkward? I think that one of the first things that I always suggest is that you rehearse and you role play in your own head. And a lot of times with um, introverted clients, I'll say, write it down, put it in words first, put it in front of you. You don't have to share it with anybody yet. But think about what those words would sound like. Think about then, now we're talking about mindset, Peter. Think mm -hmm. about what those words will bring you, what those words will grant you, what those words could deliver as a gift. And then think about the cost of not saying them. Think about the cost of not using your voice or honoring the worth of your own words. And then those kind of internal conversations build resiliency. And I'm, I'm a big believer that confidence comes from action. I'm a big believer that confidence comes from action. And so it's using your words and trying and stumbling and knowing that you can get up and that you can try again. But for introverts, especially having that mindset conversation of what will these words bring me? What's the cost of not saying these words gives us even more confidence to then verbalize them. Thank you for sharing that. And let's go to the quite the opposite. Uh, we could call them the the dicks or the, the people that are, you know, saying saying too much with no afterthought at all and, yeah. and not thinking about other people's feelings and and you know, they think they might have it all, but we see a lot of those people in bad relationships and without great rela relationships, even though they might be financially successful or successful in their career. So can we just talk about that as well? Sure. I mean, these people are emotionally truncated. These, these people are low on the, the EQ, the emotional intelligence spectrum. And so one of the things that I spend a lot of time working with are CEOs around the world, and they're wildly successful, these business owners. You know, they're the, the, the um, repeated entrepreneur. They're wildly successful. And then you sit down with them and they're like, oh my God, you're a jerk. Um, and so it's having that tough conversation with them to say, look, words only do two things. And I truly believe this, Peter. Words will either help or they will hurt. There is no such thing as neutral, including our conversation today. Our conversation is either gonna help or it's going to hurt, but there's no such thing as neutral. And so a lot of times 
when I'm working with a CEO that's difficult, I will say, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, what kind of impact do you want? What, what kind of words do you want you, um, to have people use when they describe you? And, and sometimes like, I don't care what other people think. I'm like, no, it's not about caring what other people think. It's about your impact on the world. It's about your legacy. It's about the cost or the consequences or the unintended consequences of your words and your actions. And so that's, that's what I tell CEOs they, they get. That's the only two things they get. They get their words and their actions and all of them will either hurt or help. Yeah, I mean, I love that, that it either helps or hurts. Yeah, not, nothing really is neutral. It's, that's, that's very interesting. And, you know, how do we, like in everyday life, if we're out there, like if, we want, if we're in a relationship and we're trying to have a conversation, but we, our message is not coming across the way we want it to come across, like what can we do in those situations? Because I, I, I see myself sometimes, I'm trying to say something, but uh, the words I'm saying, it's not describing the feeling I'm feeling. Well, it depends on context. So sometimes it is. It's, it's hard to find the right words to express our feelings. You know, we were all educated, or at least in the United States, we were educated um, to really feel only three things. Like, you know, it's like the mad, the sad, and the glad. Like that was our <laughs> vocabulary for our emotions. And, and there's so much incredible work, including by um, Dr. Mark Brackett on, on emotional literacy and all the different emotions that we can feel and giving children that vocabulary. So depending on context, it can be that maybe your own vocabulary needs to be expanded because sometimes when we're angry, what we really are is we're hurt or we're disappointed um, or we're afraid. And so finding what's really going on beneath the surface is really, really important. But I also want to um, be very cautious here, especially with all the tough conversations that are happening in current events. If you're not coming across as intended, it's really important not to put the burden of that on somebody else. So for instance, like if I'm talking to you, Peter, and you don't understand what I'm saying and like, well, you just don't get me. You just don't realize that wasn't my intent. Like, and, and you're like, well, that hurt me, Amy K. I'm like, well, Peter, that's your problem. That's not what I meant. That's a no-no. You have to take responsibility for the fact that you've got to communicate clearly. And if you had a misintention, you can't put that burden on somebody else. You need to say, all right, I hear you. I receive your feedback. This is what I'm trying to say. But to dismiss somebody else's interpretation um, can be very dangerous. Now, also in context, it's really important to realize that you are not responsible for somebody else's reaction. So if you come and you have prepared and you have chosen your words cautiously and wisely and you've used discernment and you don't want my apology or you don't want my words, I'm still not responsible for that. Yeah. No, that, that's so true. And uh, Amy, I want to go back a little bit to, towards your like early life. Can you just talk about you as a kid? Like, how were you? And like, how did you even get into like this amazing field you're in today? Well, I was a dork beater. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a place where I'll start. So I was this, I was this little nerd um, super into reading. I was more comfortable with adults than I was with, with kids my own age. I had very few friends growing up, but I, but I didn't relate to, to kids my age. I, I lived in a world of adults and then I escaped into theater. So I got heavily involved in the school plays because it was so much easier to use my voice on stage when it was a character's voice than it was my own voice. 
And so I thrived in drama. Um, and, I, and I did drama through college. And then I did drama in my first corporate job. Um, not in the drama field, but I brought drama into my, into my job. And so I was just sort of this dorky little nerd. I was super shy unless I was on stage. Um, and so I always joke, I didn't start to blossom until my 30s. And I didn't really come into my own until my 40s. And I'm very transparent about my age. I will turn 49 this year. I'm in the shadow lands of my 40s. But I think this is an important message. This is a journey. And we keep evolving. And so thank goodness we're not the people we were when we were 13, 14, 15. Thank goodness we don't stay stuck at 22. And I think what's beautiful about it is that every day, Peter, we get to wake up and we get to be a more evolved version of our person than we were yesterday. And so we keep growing and we keep changing and we keep trying out things so that we can become better and better and better with ourselves, in our relationships and in the world. I mean, that's just my goal is to keep getting to be a better human being with an even bigger positive impact. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing that. And I mean, I love nerds. Uh, it's, I think it's so cool that you have a hobby and interest. And uh, one thing that I was a nerd myself, um, a little bit overweight, um, didn't have much of friends and, and and things like that but for me it gave me an opportunity to work on like my passions because uh, that's where the, my safe haven so to speak where I could like martial arts for me that's where I could train and nobody really cares if I was a little bit overweight couldn't really see that when you had your karate gi on and and you could train and if you train hard you know it, it was it was amazing for me and and, and built confidence and i want to talk a little bit about confidence and communication like how how do we start because a lot of people that are very confident they're okay with messing up in their com communication and then we have the the people that are not as confident and if they say something wrong it's such a huge deal and i know i mean when i was a, a teenager when you went out to you know, there's parties back in Sweden, there's a lot of like home parties. And these, I was never that guy that I always tried having these great conversations, but I said the same thing, like, like the, the, like the jocks or the, the cool guys, but it, it never worked out for me as well because I, I didn't deliver it in with the same confidence. Uh, can we just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So let's unwrap that. Cause there's a lot of really cool things in there. So one of the things that I think that's really important is to give yourself permission to take baby steps. And so if, if you think about the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out, and I think that one of the things that's really important is that when you misspeak or when something comes out wrong, just catch yourself in the moment. So for instance, I misspeak, I'm, we're human, right? And so I'll be like, whoa, wait, scratch that. That's not what I meant to say. And it's okay, as long as you own it in the moment, it's really okay. And, and we all say stupid stuff. We all say stupid shit, that's just being human. But when you catch yourself, it's really easier for everybody else to let it go. So if I say something to you, Peter, and, and it's just wrong, it's just backwards, that if as soon as I say, oh wait, Peter, stop. Let's erase all that, that's not what I meant to say, here's what I wanna say. People are like, oh, okay. And they're with you because you're being human. On the flip side, if you, if you go to say something and you find yourself that you've lost your voice, like you get really upset. So sometimes when we're really upset about something, like it sticks, it sticks right here. 
And sometimes we get teary-eyed. Sometimes, again, we can turn red. Rather than apologizing for it, what I want you to say is, well, clearly I care or clearly this matters. And so sometimes like, and it wasn't that long ago, a couple months ago, I actually got upset. I was getting teary eyed about something that was going on in the world. It was very upsetting and I couldn't get my words. And so I just did the hand, like just hold, just hold for me. And then as soon as I could find my voice, I said, okay, Peter, clearly this matters to me. I find this to be absolutely egregious behavior. It's very upsetting. So now I can talk about it, you know, and, and it's, it's holding in that moment. When you're in a party, and I think that this is a really great tip, especially for introverts, especially for people who are shy or a little less confident, your very best toolkit is curiosity. And what I mean by that is, Peter, I can have a great conversation with you, especially in your mind, if I ask questions about you. So if I say, hey, Peter, where, where have you been in LA in the last few months? Have you been able to practice karate? Is your karate studio closed? How many championship medals did you win? Was it eight? Was it 12? I can't remember, you know? And so as long as I'm asking questions about you and I stay sincerely curious, we're going to have a great conversation. No, that, that's so true. And I mean, every, everybody loves talking about themselves, especially if you ask question or, uh, questions or most people. And I'm curious, you know, you talk about that wanting is normal. Yeah. Uh, can you just share that? I mean, uh, how, how, you, you say that we should start embracing our wants instead of being kind of ashamed of them. Can we just talk a little bit about that and like what you mean? Well, I think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to tune out the noise of what the world tells us we can and cannot want. I mean, if you want um, anything from materialism to existentialism, then you have a human ability to want those things. And I think that where I come from, we get those wants one conversation at a time, starting with the internal conversation. And so it's like, why do I want this? Like what, what meaning am I assigning to it? What, how do I think that I'm going to feel when I actually get it? And so I think that one of the things that I find fascinating is that most of us get what we want and it's disillusioning. It is not very satisfying or satiating and it's not very fulfilling. And it's because we thought that it was going to bring us some emotion that's way over there. And I always tell people, if you can't feel it here, you'll never feel it over there. So it's about really getting clear on what you think that want's going to do for you and coming up with your own definition of success. Now, I love your podcast. And part of the reason that I love it is because you come at success from a myriad of different perspectives with a myriad of different constituents and guests. And we all have our own perspective, which I think is great because when you can take a little bit of thread from one of your guests and another thread from somebody else and then Peter's thread, you can weave it into your own definition of success and not not follow the crowd. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do, redefining the concept of success. And speaking of that, I'm curious, what's your definition of success, Amy Kay? Inner peace, um, operating from a place of love. Um, I, have, I have a mantra of I let go. I am, I am positively radiant energy making an enormous impact in this world. And so I let go and I let love I let love rule and I don't always get it right. And I don't always um, have it perfectly dialed in because I'm human, 
but my definition of success is to be just positive, positive, radiant energy, just making this huge impact in the world coming from a place of love and service. I mean, I've been a teacher my whole life. I was, you go back to my childhood, Peter, this is kind of a funny, I taught imaginary students before I taught the real ones because I was playing school before I could actually teach in school. Wow. And, and I mean, inner peace, I love that. Uh, I think we're all on, on some level are striving for that, but how do we get there? You know, I always go back to my grandfather. I'm originally from Macedonia and my grandfather, he had two cows, lived in a small village with maybe 100 or 200 houses. Uh, he had his land. Uh, there was one little store where you went to, bu to buy your bread, your milk, have a beer with the local neighbors. And that was it. And I mean, he never traveled outside of former Yugoslavia. And he was, like, I think he's the happiest man I ever met. And he had peace of mind. Yeah. But I like, how do we get peace of mind in the environment we are in today when there's so many things pulling us in different directions and we want to make money, we want to create an impact, create a legacy? Like, how do we get peace of mind and still pursue those things? I think you have to look at your relationships, your relationship to money. I mean, it's, it's so complicated and it's been influenced by how you were raised. It's been influenced by the society and the culture that you live in. I think that um, I look at money as energy. And when I am all bundled up and when I'm all desperate, when I'm all feeling of lack, you know, I repel it more. Um, and I think that, I, I don't know, Peter, um, how much you wanna go there, but I'm, I'm really getting into the practice of Buddhism and I'm really getting into the practice of detachment. And I'm finding that I have more inner peace as I get older, when I care less about the outcome, when I care less about what other people think. Um, and I do care. I, I'm not going to say I don't care. I do care what other people think because I care about other people and I care about their feelings. But so much as a projection of their definition of success onto me, I'm getting really good at just tuning it out as I get older. And I do think that's a gift of age. And I think that part of my hypothesis, and I'm happy to be wrong, but when you talk about your grandfather's peace, my guess it's because he knew that none of that material bullshit was what matters. And none of that material bullshit was gonna make him any happier. And so I talk a lot in my book about getting clear on your underlying needs. And there's a great story in my book about a guy, very, very wealthy, who buys a third or fourth home in Marbella, Spain, and then he has to get all the accoutrements to go with it. And he's got to get the kayak. And then the kayak gets stolen. And then he's ranting and he's raving and, he, and he's madder than, than a hornet. And it's like, because all of this stuff is meaningless. And all of it does is bring you more responsibility and more burden, but no more joy. And so I think that we have to be really careful. Kind of like if we go modern day, it's like Instagram followers. Mm. You know, is our 10,000 Instagram followers, our 100,000 Instagram followers, are you really going to give your power away? the number of followers you have? Is that what's going to make you happy is a certain number? And so I caution people about if you think X is going to make you happy, be very, very careful about who or what you give your power away to. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because when I look at my, my own life and, you know, the first time I became a national champion, I was 18 years old and, you know, 
to be honest with you, I've said it, this a lot, but the way home, driving home from that competition, the only feeling I had is like, shit, I'm a fraud. Uh, how can I defend my title next year? And I'm not saying being a champion is not great. It's great when you have the right mindset, when you realize, hey, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have fun. I love competing. And if I win, that's amazing. But when I was 18, I didn't have that experience. So I, I was putting all the wrong things in my mind. And I think a lot of people do that. They think if I have X, I'm going to be happy, right? You can be happy if you have X, but you need to have the fucking right mindset and you can be happy now too, right? Like what, what's, what's the difference? Do you think like at the end of the day, I realized as an athlete, I mean, it's great winning and you'll, people will uh, cheer on you and all of that. But at the end of the day, who you are as a human being and how you show up in life, that is actually what's going to affect your life. And I mean, most people, let, let's be honest, most people don't care about you. <laughs> Yeah. But the, the, the people that you're close with, they're going to care about you even when you're not winning, even when you're, when you're losing or even when you suck. And those are the people that you want around you that cheer you, that want the best for you, but they're still going to be by your side even when things go south, which they always do somehow, but that we, then we need to recoup, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. What, everything that you say makes total sense. You're so not alone. The number of celebrities, the number of champions, the number of trophy or award winners who tell you that the very day that they win it, they have this mixed emotion of like this, hi, thank you so much. I just won this amazing you know, championship, this belt, this award, this trophy. And then either that night or the very next day, they're like, dope. And they're actually in that depressive state of now what? Like now what I do? Maybe I'm a fraud, like you said, or how do I defend this next year? Or this just like, where do I go from here? Like, and like you, if it happens early, like at 18, it can be a curse because it's like, how do you follow that for the rest of your life? And so one of the things that you've just hit on is that many go-getters, many type A achievers were praised for their performance from a very young age. And so they have a very hard time with unconditional love. They have a very hard time saying, well, if I don't produce something next week, if I don't um, accomplish something next month, then nobody will love me. And so it, it, you just said it beautifully. When you have inner peace, when you know that this power is not in the trophy, the power is in myself, the way that I love, the way that I serve, the way that I show up, then you realize that people around you, they're not waiting for you to perform. They're waiting for you to be of love with them. They are waiting to connect with you. You don't need to have power over them. They don't need to have power over you. You can just meet them in this form of connection, human being to human being, and it's a game changer. Yeah, you are not your performance. You're already worthy. Go after it. It could be super amazing to accomplish great things, but just know that uh, you're, you're not your performance. Uh, Amy K, I want to talk about like you're this super, I mean, when I see you like vibrant, so super cool, strong, power woman, you know, what do you want to say to, to younger, uh, you know, men and, and maybe especially women that don't have, they look at you and they're like, wow, that's, 
that's the confidence I want to show up in the world with. And can you just talk about your journey, maybe from 20 to, to 49? Like how, how did you evolve and how, how does it get better? Because I know myself coming from being chubby, uh, don't have any friends, bullied to basically creating a, an amazing confidence. It, it's a journey, but uh, I want to hear your opinion because uh, you're, you're just uh, vibrant. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. My, my first comment is that if somebody is, is looking at me and saying, oh, I want that, my first response would be, I am you. I am you. And, 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 and Peter, you are me. And that's, that's, we are, we're human beings and we are, we are suffering. I mean, that's, that's kind of part of the human journey is that we suffer. And then if you're, if you're a really good teacher, then your goal is to ease the suffering for somebody else. And so part of the reason that I do what I do is to ease the suffering. I hope your journey is less painful than mine. I hope your journey has less missteps. And yet the wisest people that I know didn't get there because they were perfect. They didn't get there because they were naturally born this amazing guru. They got there because they effed stuff up and, and they had to step in stuff and they had to step out of it and they had to own it. And that's no different for me. I mean, I, I owe people apologies that needed to be said. I have said things that the moment that they came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, I... I know I just let them walk all over me and I just let them, I let them do it. Like, no, I need to be stronger. And so I would say if you're, if you're listening to this, have patience with yourself, give yourself some grace. Um, you know, I, I don't believe in scripting, but I do believe in magical phrases. I believe in these brilliant back pocket one-liners mainly because I wished I'd had them when I was younger, but it is investing in yourself. You know, part of the reason that I listen to so many podcasts now is because I'm investing in myself. And, and oftentimes I'll be listening to something that has nothing to do with communication skills, but somebody will turn this beautiful phrase or I'll read a book and there'll be this gorgeous sentence in it. And I'm like, oh, the power of language is immense. And so just, just the other day I was sharing with somebody, they were feeling defensive. And I said, here's, here's what you need to say to somebody. I receive it. Say it to yourself mentally. Say it to yourself verbally. Say it out loud. But just like, Peter, if you said something, if you gave me some constructive criticism, rather than getting all defensive, then I, I'm training, I'm retraining my brain to say, oh, Peter, I received that. Now, whether I do anything with it or not can be a conscious choice of discernment later. But in the moment, Rather than arguing with you, I need to stay actively engaged. I need to stay actively open so that I can really hear what it is that you're saying. Because if you're somebody that I trust, you're trying to help me. And so if you're trying to help me, then I need to stay open to what it is. It doesn't always feel good, but rather than reacting, I need to respond with, oh, Peter, all right, I'm receiving it. And it changes the whole conversation. It, it certainly does. Uh, do you have any other of those magical phrases that we should have in our back pocket? I have hundreds because <laughs> I've curated them over the years. But I'll tell you a really great one, like one of my all-time favorites. I put, I put seven of my favorites in the book, but this is one, it's in the book and it's also, it just, I just love it. Yeah. Most of us talk in absolutes and we don't even realize it. We will say something like, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, and the other person hears 
that as a 100% absolute, as in there are no other emotions. Amy Kay's pissed off, right? As soon as we use the magical phrase, a brilliant magical phrase, a part of me, it completely changes the tone and tenor of the conversation. So if I say to you, Peter, a part of me is angry, a part of me is disappointed, a part of me is frustrated, what I've now just psychologically done is I've created space for all the other emotions and for all the other possibilities so that you don't feel attacked, you don't feel like there's no wiggle room. And so what it does in a, in a dialogue is it really de-escalates the tension. So a classic example is let's just say um, you're listening to somebody and um, let's say that um, I'm a mom, you're a teenager, you broke your curfew. So if I say like, Peter, I'm angry, you get all defensive, like mom, da, 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 you don't understand. And da, 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 da. But if I say to you, Peter, hey, Peter, you know what? A part of me is angry that you broke your curfew. And a part of me really understands that you want to hang out this summer with your friends. But a part of me was scared and I was really concerned. And then a part of me was worried. So a part of me is now thrilled that you're home. And we're gonna to talk tomorrow about how we play going forward because a part of me really needs us to have a respectful conversation about what this is gonna look like going forward. That's a very different dialogue than Peter, you're in trouble, you're grounded, I'm angry. That's brilliant. Um, I love that. Amy K, I wanna get a little bit vulnerable and talk about challenges in life. Like, would you mind sharing, like, what has been your toughest challenge in life and how, how did communication help you overcome that? Well, Peter, do we have five hours? I've had a few challenges. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. I, I was not very well liked when I was little and it wasn't necessarily because of anything I did. It was probably because of my inaction. I was just a geek and I was awkward and I didn't know how to connect with other kids. Um, I, I didn't think that doing drugs or drinking was cool. So that made me even more of a nerd and less cool. So I had a lot of challenges relating. So when I went off to college, I was very young. Um, I started college really early. Um, and I, I didn't have really great relationships with, um, the university students either. And I had some very close friends that I had to learn how to connect with. Um, but I, I didn't want to do what everybody else did at 16, 17, 18 in university. And so one of my biggest challenges was making friends. And that sounds probably weird to people who are listening, who have all these social media channels, but I was a very lonely kid buried in books and I didn't have my first real, real friends until I was in my twenties. Um, and, and that was when I started to realize that. I didn't have to try so hard and I, I could be liked for who I was, that, that some of that maturational development and all of us helped. Um, I became less dismissive and arrogant about, well, I was very judgmental. Like if you're doing drugs, you're a bad person. Like that was, that was sort of my myopic perspective when I was young. And when you grow older, you have more compassion and you have less judgment about others because the world is a messy, quirky place. And I'm a messy, quirky individual, as are we all. Um, and so that helped me a lot um, to just be all, a lot less judgmental too. Yeah. And, and how did that, like when, when you got your first friends, like how did that feel? It felt great. It was like, you like me, you like me. So, but it was, 
it was one of those things too, where I realized that I could be liked for me. And so that, that was a really difficult and, and challenge that I had to get through too. I, I spent a lot of my um, young adulthood trying to be other than who I was to fit in. And I think that we can all to some degree relate to that, some more of us um, than others. But I really tried hard to be like the perfect employee and then the perfect team member and the perfect friend and the perfect wife. And it just is a screwy place to live your life. It's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an egotistical place to live. Um, it sounds weird, but it is. It's a highly egotistical place to live. It's a, it's a high expectation. It's a burnout. It's a stress. It's exhausting. And it's not even achievable. Um, and so I had to let go of a lot of those perfectionist tendencies because one, they weren't healthy for me and they certainly weren't healthy for my relationships. Yeah. When you talk about all those things, I, I, I see my, myself so much in you. I was the same for me. Like I lost all my friends in high school. Everybody started drinking and, you know, partying and I was very judgmental just like yourself. And I mean, it's hard, but then you realize people can like you for who you are. So, I mean, if I could go back and just give advice to myself or others, it would just be, you know, be who you are and yeah. the, the right people will come into your life. Have pa patience and compassion with yourself because it does take time. For me, it took years and, and for yourself as well. Uh, but what do you do during that that time? You know, because you want to be liked, you want to be, you want to be part of a community. And like, how do you like? How do you deal with that? I, I do the reverse. You know, it's like if you want to be liked, well, then be likable. You know, focus on other people, focus on serving. It's it's instead of like focusing on I want people to like me. You know, I want friends. Focus on the I want to go out and make um, a difference in the world, and I want to go out and I want to help over here and be curious about the world, be curious about other people, be interested in other people and do it from a place of true, sincere curiosity and not judgment. And so the, the high school is, is another example. Now I, again, you know, I'm 48 years old, I'm soon to be 49. I'm going back a long time in high school, but I was judgy. I mean, I have to look back. That would be an honest assessment is that, you know, if you were doing drugs, if you were drinking, I judged you. And now what I would do is I would say, I still don't have to do the drugs. I still don't have to drink but I need to remove the judgment. I need to chillax, I need to relax, I need to be more accepting of others. I can still make my own choices, but I can do it from a place of discernment and not judgment. I love that. And can we just talk about your book, Get It? Like, why, why is that the ultimate self-help book? Yeah, like, talk about the process of writing it and like, how does it feel to have it out there? And like, please share. It's the ultimate self-help book because I needed that help. So it was kind of like, it's like the book that I wrote for myself. If I'd had all these tools 20 years ago, I honestly, and I say this with no exaggeration, I would be further ahead. I would have more success in my relationships. I would have more success in my business because it took me so long to get here. And so it's really my gift. It's, it's a gift to say, if you have this, you will be wildly successful. And so get it is really about taking it all one conversation at a time and learning how to do that and learning how to prep and prepare while also still staying engaged and actively listening. And so we've had some fun wins, Peter. So since the book came out, 
We've had people say they have signed $6 million deals, not exaggerating. We mm. have pe we've had people heal broken marriages and get them back on track. We have had, mm. uh, oh, in the pandemic, people have gotten fired, have gotten to a job interview, have not only raised their salary through negotiation skills in the book, they've raised their salary, they got a signing bonus of $10,000. And then my all-time favorite is one woman mm. wrote me and she said, since reading your book, my children have stopped fighting and they actually do the dishes at night. And I'm like, that's the biggest win. That's the biggest one. That's awesome. Can we see a dance, Amy? Come on. Woo, woo, woo. That is awesome. You know, I've written four books myself and it's, it's a long process. It takes a lot of time. You, you put a lot of energy into it yeah. and it, it's, it's beautiful to see that like when I, when I launched my, my first book, the gold book, I was like, if this can help one, one human being, it's, it's worth my time and it's helped thousands now. And I mean, it's a beautiful feeling to be part of other people's lives in a way. Right. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, 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 um, it makes the journey worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, yeah, I think about it all the time. Maybe I'm selfish, but I love helping other people because it makes me feel so good as well. I think we were wired that way on purpose. I think that's what's part of our human DNA is that they had to put a little, you know, kind of selfish um, shock for us to feel good. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. I, I do think that, you know, humans need a little impetus. And if it makes us feel good, we're more inclined to go do good. Yeah. And I think that's fine. You don't have, like it's what you talked about wanting stuff, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to do good and feel good. Like, I mean, you, you don't have to feel bad. You should feel good. Like if you, someone says, Hey, that was, that was great. Yeah, it was great. You know, I'm proud of that, you know? Yeah. And that's, and think about all the people that you're helping. So, and Peter, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke. Like if I say to you, your podcast is helping thousands of people, you should feel good about that. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with feeling good. There's nothing wrong with being human. There's nothing wrong with wanting to reach 10 million people in 10 years. Those are, those are aspirational and totally achievable goals. It also means that you just need to get clear on why you want it. Like if you want it because you really sincerely and genuinely want to serve, that's very different than, oh, I want, I want everybody to know my name. You know, I, I, I want the celebrity status and I, and I want that. And, and, and even then, it's okay to want those things as long as you understand what they will and will not bring you. So again, it's not about casting judgment. If you want a big house, booyah. If you want a swimming pool in your backyard, booyah. There's no judgment. What I'm most concerned about is like, if you were my client, I'd say, but what do you think it's going to get you? How do you think you're really going to feel when you're there? And if you think that you're going to feel that way, well, then what can we do to feel that way here? So a lot of times my clients will say, well, if I make a ton of money, you know, I'll have all the freedom in the world. I'm like, well, it's not how it works. That is so not how it works. You need to feel amazing freedom today in order to actually make a dollar tomorrow. Yeah. And I mean, taking this back to, to our audience that are listening and watching right now, I just want to tell you, like, whatever goal or dream you might have, go after it you know that this this is why we're here today that that is why i'm taking of amy k's valuable time so you can go out and and do something with your life if you just listen to this and and then go on with your life you know it it, it doesn't make me happy you know do something something good that makes you feel good that makes the world a little bit better and uh, and you know 
tell us about it. Let us know, like, uh, what, what are you struggling with? Why do you want to do this? Why, why is this so important to you? Uh, Amy, I have two more questions and then I'll let you go. Okay. So one of them is like, why are you doing all this shit? Not shit literally, but all this amazing stuff. <laughs> no, you can call it shit. It's fine. Um, why am I doing it? I think that at the end of the day, it is my gift. And I feel a responsibility to that. I really do. I, I, I find it so ridiculously rewarding to get on a call or to work with an organization and know that the lives that I just impacted are real. It's tangible. It's measurable. People are happier. They're more brilliant in business. Their relationships are better. They're scaling their businesses more easily. They're, um, they're talking to their children that maybe they weren't talking to before. But there's just something about being on this planet and easing the suffering. I feel very, I feel very called to do. I think, that, I think that being a human is hard. I think that life is hard. And if I can make your life easier, then that is what I'm here to do. Awesome. And uh, last thing, we're, as I told you, we're all about sharing journeys and tools, but we want our audience to actually take action. So what would be the, the first thing they should do after this podcast to get a little bit closer to their dreams? I think the first thing that you have to do is you have to really look at your calendar and you have to say, okay, what's one critical conversation on my horizon? And critical is not negative. Critical is important. So it could just be, where do I have a critical conversation in the next 10, 12, 16, 18 days? And then I want you to invest in your own success. And I would say, walk into that conversation a little bit more prepared. And we have, and this is not a sales pitch, for free on my website, for free, we have a whole conversation prep planner. It's our most popular tool. It's been downloaded hundreds of thousands of times because it works. But even if you don't want that tool, invest in yourself, set yourself up for success and prepare for that conversation. Know a few things that you want to say, know the outcome that you want. How do you want that other person to feel? How do you use words that are important to you? How can you help and not hurt to really set yourself up to get what it is that you want? Love that. Thank you so much, Amy Kay. If people want to connect with you and read your book, uh, find more stuff about you, where, where, do they, uh, where can they find you? Two simple ways to find me. You can follow me on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at Amy K. Hutchins, A-M-Y-K, my first name, Hutchins, so Amy K. And then you can go to my website, which is super easy, amyk.com, so amyk.com. And again, we have tons of free resources and tools. The book just came out. We're a number one Amazon bestseller, which means that, you know, people are reading it and the reviews are fabulous. So that, that shows that it's working, which I, which I love the most is that it's working, but yeah, amyk.com or follow me on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, Amy K. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you and uh, anything we can do for you. Let us know. Uh, I want to thank everybody that you're still here. We're almost an hour into this beautiful conversation. And if you're still listening, watching, it means that this has probably given you some value in your life. And that makes me super happy. That makes me want to do more of this, share more incredible stories. And uh, I told you, I have a big fat mission, but right now you that are watching and listening, you're the most important person to me. So uh, just be happy with yourself. You're already worthy. You are not your performance, even though we want you to perform to the best of your abilities. Uh, 
in order for me to perform to the best of my abilities, I would love for you to show some love, share this with somebody that needs to hear this message, uh, give us a review, uh, check us out at ilovesuccess.co. You get a couple of free chapters of my book. We have almost 200 of these incredible conversations and I'm so grateful and honored and I, don't even, I can't even realize that I get to be a part of all, all these amazing human beings and get to talk with them just like you, Amy. So, you know, I'm, I have to pinch myself every day that I, I have the honor of, of being, being and hanging out with you and, and trying to deliver your message as much as I can. So thanks again, everybody, and talk to you soon.